Welcome to the My Crazy Office podcast with the authors of Working With You Is Killing Me, Working For You, Isn't Working For Me, and Mean Girls at Work, Kathy Elster and Catherine Crowley. They're committed to creating world peace, one crazy office at a time. And now, here are Kathy and Catherine. Hey everyone, I'm Kathy Elster. And I'm Catherine Crowley, and welcome to My Crazy Office. So today we're going to discuss how to work for a boss who is extremely critical, highly perfectionistic, and very controlling. Love it. You know who you are. (laughs) Terms ascribed to this kind of manager include micromanager, perfectionist, and the chronic critic. Mm -hmm. We will start with a question from someone who is struggling with a new boss who corrects everything she does. And during the second part of our podcast, we'll address managers who may be micromanaging. Right. Boy, this is <laughs> boy, this is a tough one. You know, highly critical perfectionistic bosses are they're usually very bright and really know their subject mm-hmm. matter, but they can be miserable to work for. Yeah, I'll say. I hope our listeners will send more questions like this to info at mycrazyoffice.co. Logan, what's our question? I have been working at a large corporation for two and a half years. The first two years I worked for an amazing boss who gave me lots of responsibility and who reviewed my work to offer general feedback. I could write a report and she'd say, looks good, or do it again with these points included. We worked well together and I excelled. A few months ago, I got promoted to a better position in a different department. My new boss is the total opposite of the first one. The new boss takes every document I produce and either corrects every sentence or redlines every statement she disagrees with. She never has a positive thing to say about my work, and she refuses to let me meet with anyone or send anything out without her permission. She sends emails to me late at night asking about trivial administrative tasks that she thinks I forgot to do. Working with her is zapping my energy and hurting my confidence. What do I do? <laughs> I oh, feel boy. so badly for this person. Yeah, well, clearly you don't have your old boss. Yeah. You know, you're yeah, not in but... Kansas anymore, Dorothy. This is like a <laughs> new a new world. Um, yeah. And the new the old one's not coming back. So this is a very insecure manager, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, who um, I'm sure is a bottleneck with the work also because everything has to be go done. Go through them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. go through them and be done over and over again until it, you know... Suits him or her, I guess it's a woman. Um, so this is very, very difficult. This is the, really the number one complaint we get about yes. managers when mm-hmm. they're like this. Nobody likes working for them because you have no autonomy. You can't get your work done. You're, mm-hmm. you're right. really at this person's beck and call. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to question your ability as well as, oh, a, definitely. as a worker, your confidence, your self-esteem. I, I think that's true. Right. Affected. Well, yeah. this is the thing I think is so interesting. When you've had first a really good manager mm-hmm. who, you know, gives you the freedom to take action and you can correct your course if you make make a mistake, but they're giving you basically feedback to progress and develop yourself professionally. And then you end up with, you get a promotion, which mm-hmm. seems like a good thing mm-hmm. in a new department, but the new boss actually is making you in almost in a diminished role from what you were in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's confusing, I would imagine. 
among yeah. other things. Yeah, I, there's nothing about this that feels good. No, no, <laughs> no nothing. Oh my God, the redlining, the, the whole thing. emails. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I hate to say this because sometimes people get mad at me when I say, but I would look for another job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because you can't work. I mean, look, people don't leave jobs. They leave managers. Yeah. yeah. So this is a really creepy manager. Is there anyone yeah. else you can work for in the department? Or, you know, the other thing is you could go to the, so, all right, let me step back, that you could go to this person and discuss this with them. Uh-huh. You don't think so. Catherine no, just made I a face like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> well, generally speaking, well, actually, you can, I can't, I look forward to the second part of this because I think you have worked with a number of people who might identify as micromanagers mm-hmm. and help them. But I don't think it can come from the staff. Well, let me say first, I think the first thing is you have to say, you know, we talk about detect, detach, depersonalize, and deal. Right. And in this case, I think what we are detecting is that you're working for someone who is a perfectionist, who is a micromanager, who is going to be very controlling. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to suddenly change. And I think one of the things that you have to accept is that you're not going to win this person over the same way you did your first boss. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just starting from that, like this is what you're dealing with. You're dealing with someone who does find, who needs to find the fault in everything that other people do. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned it, Kathy, that they're usually coming from a very insecure place Mm -hmm. and a a position where they need to continuously prove their Mm self-worth by criticizing what you're doing and controlling Mm -hmm. what you're doing, right? Yeah, but it's worth a try Mm -hmm. Um, because I've had people come to me and say, look, I need executive coaching because I've been told that I'm a micromanager and and I have this perfectionist thing that I've had since I'm a kid. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, sometimes will work on it. Mm -hmm. So it might be, you know, if you have an HR that you can go to, maybe there's something they can do. Maybe they have some training and if you, (laughs) you know, uh, that might help, but many times you can't, you know, HR doesn't do that. Um, but I think it's worth a try to say I'm feeling discouraged because mm-hmm. I've never had this kind of uh, critique. I've never uh, been criticized like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just feeling really discouraged. Um, you know, can we talk about this? Is there any way that you could give me more autonomy? You know, you could try to talk to them about it. And, you know, hopefully they may, it, you may be able to appeal to the part of them that knows they have an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they may lighten up a little bit, but, you know, see if there's any opening. There may not be. And if there's no opening, I would find another job. Yeah, I'm down <laughs> with that. Well, I would oh, say... Oh, wait, you like it now? I, no, no, no. I think saying I'm feeling discouraged is worth a statement mm-hmm. worth, worth making. I just think expecting this person to change is not likely. Mm-hmm. Unless they are someone who, you know, they're they're committed to their own development and they're willing to receive feedback. Mm-hmm. So I think it's worth it. Absolutely. The second piece is I think, you know, while you're preparing perhaps to find a better opportunity, you want to, I would say, um, the detached piece and depersonalize, which is if you can get to the place where you understand that this is what this person does, then at least you don't have to take all the critique so much to heart. Mm-hmm. So you can be, and, I, and we've talked about this before with micromanagers, one way to come back also with them is to say, let me see if I understand clearly what you're asking for here 
and then deliver it and understand that for the time that you're working for this person, you will be micromanaged and you will have to keep correcting things, but not to make it then that you're doing a bad job. Cause I think that's what happens internally is you start mm-hmm. to feel like you're constantly failing and you can't yeah. win. You can't win and which you may not be able to, but it isn't about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, people that are managed by somebody like this, they tend to lose interest in their work. Yeah. Because yes. it's not really their work anymore. It's now somebody else's work. Right, right. So you want to catch that before you become totally disengaged yeah. and unhappy and mm-hmm. start to doubt yourself. You want to get out. Yeah. And the other thing we've talked about, I think, in uh, working for you is in working for me, is you may also want to, while you are in this situation, find either projects or events or something where you can shine, Mm -hmm. where you can be a participant and where your work can be valued, at least so that you're getting positive feedback in one area. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 This can be very demeaning. So um, make sure you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I think, you know, brushing up on your resume, making sure LinkedIn is up to date and clicking off so recruiters can call you, clicking off I'm looking. It's, you know, you're not aggressively looking, but you're passively looking, I think, um, you know. Right. And, you know, also, it's good to see are your coworkers feeling very discouraged also. I mean, because you could in mass go to HR maybe. You or could. the boss's boss. Well, right. the other thing is you could, if someone has worked for this person before and can confirm that, in fact, this is what they do to everyone, that can help just mm-hmm. at least to normalize your experience so that, again, you don't feel it's about you. And I think, you know, if you're, depending also where you are in your career, if you're early on in your career and you get a boss like this, it can be very confusing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you suddenly think, well, I thought I was doing a good job, but now it seems that I'm not. And so, um, you know, getting references from other people about what is it like to work for this person? Has anyone successfully worked for this person? How Mm. long do people usually stay working for this person? (laughs) Could help you at least in terms of putting your current experience in context. Right. I, this kind of person has high, high turnover. Yes. Yeah. They do. They have high turnover because people don't like working for this kind of person. Not right. for an extended um, period of time. No. I mean, if you're lazy and you don't really want to work and you want your boss to do all the work, it might work for you. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's not true for most people. All right. right. So let's just yeah. turn the tables a bit and mm-hmm. say you are a manager mm. and you have, um, you know, you've been called a micromanager. What do you do? So this is for for uh, if the worker were to go to the manager and tell them, and they thought, "Oh my God, I have to seek help now." <laughs> they had that light bulb go well, I've off. I've heard this twenty-seven times. I've heard I'd this before. Maybe do something about or it. Or there, maybe your supervisor comes to you and says, "I'm getting mm, yeah. complaints that you are a micromanager." Right. Right. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can go to a therapist. I also think you can go to an executive <laughs> yeah. coach. You can go to either one because what you have to learn is to allow other people to um, make mistakes because mm-hmm. you don't allow yourself to make a mistake. That's partially what you're worried about. Uh, right. That's the controlling and the perfectionist thing. Nothing is ever really perfect anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen anything that's perfect, a human or a document or anything. Um, yeah. 
Although I think working with you is killing me was, was perfect, but that's another story. <laughs> there was some divine intervention in right. the creation of that book. That's really funny. Yeah. Anyway, um, just a little plug there. Um, so I think, you know, this is not something you can really figure out on your own. I think this is something that you need support in getting over. Yeah. I think what's interesting, I'm I'm thinking, um, you know, typically a micromanager, if you speak to them about being critical of others, they'll, one of the first things they'll say is you don't know how critical I am of myself. Mm. So yeah, that highly critical thinking and behavior and even finger pointing is usually, what do they say, one finger forward, three pointing it back at you. It's usually has to do with their own sense of imperfection Mm -hmm. and being faulty and not really having confidence in the value that they bring. Mm -hmm. And I think then the control piece, as you mentioned before, is that insecurity of not being able to entrust others um, but that's coming from some idea that you have to prove how perfect you are every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so it is a psychological thing, right? Well, there's a psychological piece to it, but I think as you're saying with coaching, you can certainly address it behaviorally mm-hmm. just more along the lines of, um, can you, you know, can rehearsing with them, here's this work project, you're going to give it to so-and-so, they're going to bring it back to you. How do you respond? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even if you find fault, which I'm sure you will, how do you deliver that feedback? How do you give it back to them so that they are empowered to then make corrections themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, so I I have a client who I make her send me everything that Uh she's about to rip apart. And then I, you know, say, no, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Could it be better? Of course it could be better, but it's not bad. Right. Right. So this person's got to grow. So she's been actually doing it and people are liking her better. And Mm -hmm. it turns out that that was really bothering her that people didn't like her. Yeah. Oh, of course. So it didn't feel good. They would, you know, talk about her and have lunch and not invite her. And um, I know. Right. But that's what happens because no one wants wants to be around a chronic critic. (laughs) No, No. nobody does. No. And I imagine since they're doing their own work and taking on the work of so many other people that they're just constantly Working all, yeah, overworked and working all the and time. Late and late on their own deadlines nothing gets usually. Out. Nothing right. gets out because it's right. they wait till it's perfect, so they're very behind. Right. Yeah. So then you it's know. almost like this vicious cycle because That's then they're right. critical of themselves That's right. for not getting the work done. Right. And, and but what's so interesting is you have to be comfortable with mistakes because I think sometimes yeah. what can happen is let's say you give something to someone to do and they don't do it perfectly or they don't do it the way you would do it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, mistakes are part of work. And right. so I'm sure, Kathy, when you're working with this individual, and I, certainly for me, when I'm working with people with this tendency, part of that whole thing is like, you've got to make room for mistakes here. Mm-hmm. You can't, because what can happen is you give it to a staff member, something to do, they make a mistake, and then you say, well, I'll never do that again. See, when I give things away, everything goes wrong. Right. Another thing I've done with this person is um, the stuff she's stuck on and can't get out, I give her a deadline and mm-hmm. say, I have to have it by this time. Yeah. And mm. it's never that bad. Yeah. It's always pretty good. And she feels so good. So she mm. 
suffers herself from her own that's critique. Right. That's right. As we were talking about That's earlier. right. I think that that's a part of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They usually have a very hard time making decisions, yes. these individuals, and it's for just that reason, that they're afraid, they're not sure they're making the right decision, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the perfect decision, that it's going to be the excellent work product right. that it must always be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Get help. It is. I think (laughs) for them. I think for them, it really is exhausting, and it is the number one complaint. um, You know, when we talk to people, that this is what they really don't like. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the yellers are even liked better than than this kind of boss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to apply this to my domestic situation. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) About Daisy? (laughs) No, actually, about um, you know work at home, things that have to be done at home. And that I tend to, I don't know that I'm a micromanager, but I tend to think that I've got to do it and it's got to be right. And I don't trust someone else to do it the right way that I would do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And what I've seen, what I've learned is that really disempowers anybody else in the picture. Mm -hmm. So part of now getting help or asking someone to do something, in this case it's usually Cliff, not usually Daisy, but asking him to do something, I have to be willing that he does it in a way that's different from me and that it's not doesn't necessarily meet my perfect standards, mm-hmm. which I don't meet anyway. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's, yeah. that could be a good place to practice if you know that you have these general yeah. tendencies. That's right. Yeah. Yep. All right, so that's it for this podcast. If you have any further comments or thoughts on this topic, tweet us at AskK2. Also follow us on Instagram at MyCrazyOffice. If you want to receive our podcast email, text us at 228-28 and type in MyCrazyOffice. That's all one word, MyCrazyOffice at 228-28. And finally, don't forget to send your questions and stories to info at MyCrazyOffice.com. My Crazy Office is produced in New York City at K-Squared Studios. Stay crazy.